श्रीराघवम दशरथात्मजमे सीतापति चैप्टर 17 पार्ट 3 व्हेन द सन रोज वशिष्ठा टोल्ड रामा टू परफॉर्म द अपसिक्वीज फॉर द डिपार्टेड फादर दे वर कैरीड आउट इन स्ट्रिक्ट कंफर्मिटी विद स्क्रिप्टरल इंजंक्शंस Since Rama himself uttered the mantra sanctifying the waters may the holy waters of Ganga Yamuna Godavari Saraswati Narmada Sindhu and Kaveri come into this vessel and sanctify the water therein the ritual was rendered sacred and eminently fruitful thereafter the preceptor the ministers of the court the queens and citizens of Ayodhya spent two full days with rama lakshmana and sita at the end of two days rama approached the preceptor master the citizens and residents of ayodhya are suffering very much here drinking nothing but water and eating nothing but roots and tubers looking at bharata and shatrughna and also the mothers i feel every moment is as long as an age it is best to return to the city You are spending your time here the emperor has ascended to heaven it is not proper that i emphasize the urgency now please act as seems most beneficial and rama fell at vasishta's feet vasishta replied rama lord of the ragu dynasty why do you speak thus you have not realized how happy and contented these people are since they are fortunate enough to be looking at your charm when the people heard that rama had asked them to return they felt tossed into fear and despair as a boat caught in a hurricane in mid sea but when they heard vasishta pleading on their behalf 
they sailed smoothly as a boat does when a friendly breeze blows into its sails their minds rejected the thought of returning to ayodhya and giving up the fortunate chance of the bath three times a day in the mandakini river living on the sweet simple meal of fruits roots and tubers gathered by their own effort from the forest and more than all filling their eyes with the pictures of rama sita and lakshmana and filling their ears with rama's edifying and exquisite words sita was engaged in serving the mothers in law anticipating their needs and over eager to serve she consoled and comforted them she told them how she was spending her days happily in the forest lacking nothing and she made them wonder at her fortitude and skill they were happy at the thought that she was able to derive so much joy under such adverse conditions they bore their own sorrow with greater ease when they saw how sita was braving hers bharata didn't sleep a wink at night or have a pang of hunger during the day while the people were happy looking at rama looking at rama bharata and shatrughna were filled with misery they couldn't bear it any longer they fell at vasishta's feet and asked him to persuade rama to return to ayodhya with sita they pleaded with him most earnestly expressing their agony in manifold ways the preceptor knew only too well the strength of rama's faith in his ideals the tenacity with which he struck to his sense of truth and his determination to carry out his father's wishes but he was so moved by the sorrow of bharata that nothing was left undone to persuade rama to return he called rama to where he was rama listen to the prayers of bharata conduct yourself in accordance with the wishes of good people the interests of the people the principles of politics and the directives of the vedas rama recognized the preceptor's affection towards bharata which found expression in these words he knew that bharata would never deviate from the path of righteousness that he would carry out his directions with full heart and in word deed and thought and that he would always follow his steps and strive for his welfare and prosperity he felt happy at this so he responded softly and sweetly to the sage's proposal with a few auspicious sentences rama recognized the preceptor's affection towards bharata which found expression in these words he knew that bharata would never deviate from the path of righteousness master you are my witness my father's feet are my witness let me assert this no one is so dear to me as my brother lakshmana no one has a brother in this world as dear as bharata is to me those who are attached to the feet of their preceptor are indeed really fortunate you have such affection and compassion for him that is his great treasure he is younger than me so i hate to praise him in his presence my opinion now is that bharata should speak his mind rama prostrated before vasishta and took his seat vasishta turned towards bharata for he couldn't reply directly to rama he knew that bharata was to be the ruler give up all hesitations and doubts rama your elder brother has immeasurable compassion open your heart to him 
tell him all that you have in mind. Hearing the sage's words, Bharata felt that Vasishta had probed Rama's mind and that both of them were inclined to favor him and grant his desire. So he was glad at the turn of events. He stood motionless before them. Tears flowed from his eyes, red and bright like lotus petals. The revered sage has told Rama all that has to be said. What remains for me to add specially to the appeal he has made on my behalf? I know full well my Rama's nature. He has no anger against even wrongdoers. He has unbounded affection for me. I cannot deny it. A sense of shame has made me silent while I stand before him. But my affection makes me delighted to look upon him. My eyes don't feel content however long they fix their gaze on him. God couldn't tolerate my affection towards Rama. He couldn't bear to see so much love between brothers. So he designed this distress, devising my mother herself as the instrument to bring it about. I know that it does me no credit or brings me no respect for me to say this. How can I establish my superiority by placing the blame on my own mother? When one proclaims himself innocent, can that statement make him truly so? I hesitate to declare because my doubts that my mother is feeble-minded or that I am good and intelligent. I am diffident to state so. Can pearls grow in the shells of snails that infest tanks? Why should I blame others for my sorrow? My misfortune is as vast as the ocean. I know that all this tragedy has happened as a consequence of sins. I have been seeking a way to escape my grief along any of the four quarters. I see now that there is one and only one way out. My preceptor is the great sage Vasishta. Sita and Rama are my sovereign rulers. Hence, I am certain all will be well with me. Lord, I don't wish for anything else. Rama, grant but this one wish of your servant. Rama, Lakshmana, Bharata and Chatrugna are all four the physical progeny of Emperor Dasharatha. So, all four are equally bound to obey the commands of their father. The father has equal affection for all the sons and there is no limitation or regulation that the commands of the father must be obeyed by this one son or that other son. Thus far, you have borne the responsibility of obeying his commands. Now, it is our turn to bear the burden of exile. Sita, Rama and Lakshmana must return to Ayodhya and we too will be in the forest as exiles until the sentence lapses. Confer on us this boon and bless us. Thus saying, Bharata fell at Rama's feet. Vasishta shed tears of joy. But Rama was not taken in by this argument. He said, Bharata, I feel that your line of thought is not as valid as you seem to think. It is not correct so to act. Ask me for anything except this. Bharata replied, In that case, brother, allow me and my brother to be with you here and serve you as Lakshmana has been doing. This will then be a wholly satisfying and a holy life for us. Rama didn't accept even this prayer. Bharata, for me as well as for you, the commands of father are unbreakable. 
we have to bow our heads in reverence before them and carry them out without the least murmur my most appropriate action is to follow the orders issued to me yours is to follow those issued to you let's not spend precious days in such purposeless talk and cause distress to the people who have come long distances hoping against hope return to ayodhya which has been allotted to you with them and rule them righteously i will carry out the task allotted to me and act righteously guarding and fostering the forest realm assigned to me neither bharata nor anyone else could need this decisive statement of rama with any counter proposal or argument they had to accept it as the right path to take bharata was overcome with grief he lamented on whom else can god heap such unbearable agony than on me who happens to be the son of a mother who felt that rama sita and lakshmana were her enemies yes brother i heard that you walked into the forest on bare feet with nothing to protect you from thorns and pebbles the news wounded my mind like sharp spears but yet i lived on i am the cause of all this calamity but as a sinner i am alive or else i would have cast off my body long ago my breath persisted in this body even when goa suspected me of treachery against my brother and got ready to confront in battle at the head of his forest halas my heart is harder than diamond that is why it is not broken in spite of those blows i took calmly at the very tragedy that was caused by me yet my life is so unfortunate that i am able to stand the thrust of of so much sorrow my mother has such dreadful poison in her that scorpions and serpents discard their proud possessions in sheer shame being the son of such a mother how can god allow me to escape the consequences of my destiny bharata indulged in such self torture that the citizens queens sages and others who watched his grief penitence humility reverence and fraternal affection were all stricken like lotus blooms fallen on ice they reminded bharata of many incidents from the puranas to help him recover his depression rama addressed bharata bharata why do you give yourself up to despair your sorrow is in no vain destiny cannot be countermanded at all times everywhere you will be honored by good and virtuous people those who ascribe crookedness to you will be miserable here and hereafter and condemning one's mother this crime is committed only by those unfortunate enough not to be trained in the society of the virtuous or at the feet of preceptors bharata your name will be long remembered and those who bring it to their memory will be able by its unseen influence to discard their vices you will be earning renown in this world and bliss in the next the world will be sustained by your ideals and your rule bharata both hatred and love cannot be suppressed and hidden in the heart they must find expression despite all attempts to keep them imprisoned in the heart i know your nature very well in order to uphold truth the emperor let me go and unable to bear the separation from me whom he loved so much he lost his very life it is not right for a son like me or you to dishonor the word of such a loving father therefore 
don't hesitate further tell me what you have to ask ask about things that you want to know and decide to shoulder the responsibility imposed on you that is the best course for you rama spoke these words with great emphasis bharata had no chance to speak any more about his fond desires but he resolved to press one demand of his the final one rama i don't like to rule over the kingdom that you gave up that brought on this disgrace of being the cause for your exile i have no love towards it either i can never go against your will your command i won't do so at any time if you but cast your loving eye on me with no trace of anger i consider myself blessed lakshmana has served you so long so send him back to ayodhya with chaturgna and allow me to take his place at your lotus feet this will bring lakshmana and ayodhya fair renown lakshmana is an expert in administration he can rule over the empire wisely and well in all fields of administration and bring solace to the soul of the departed father grant me this prayer keep me with you don't refuse my request don't kick me from your presence imploring piteously in this way bharata clasped rama's feet or else kindly return to ayodhya with sita and stay there we three brothers will stay on in the forest we will carry on our lives here in any manner that you prescribe if you pile this royal burden on me i can't bear the weight and live keep me at your feet and pile on me a weight a thousand times heavier than the empire i will bear it gladly and with enthusiastic delight i have no knowledge of the science of government or the texts of morality you are aware that one who is sunk in grief can have no wisdom in him even shame will be ashamed when one's servant answers back and points to one's want of knowledge do not put me in that position rama i am opening my heart to your gaze and revealing my inmost feelings i want only to promote the welfare of the world kindly decide on the best course for each of us don't doubt our intentions shower your grace and confer your commands on us we will bow our heads in loyal reverence and carry them out without hesitation bharata gave the vast gathering great joy and their hearts melted with compassion and gratitude they extolled in manifold ways the affection and faith that bharata had placed in his brother they were affected by the expression of his deep devotion they all prayed with one voice rama lord accept bharata's prayer with the passing away of emperor dasharatha the long established glory and happiness of the people have also passed away the world have been pitiably orphaned ayodhya wails like a despairing wife she is lamenting her lot like a chaste woman who has been deserted by her lord meanwhile kaikeyi the forlorn queen what shall we say about her she stood there her heart gnawed by grief she was anxious to discover how she could explain her wrongs she tried her best to seek out rama while he was alone so she could beg his pardon but she couldn't move she was ashamed even to show his face to rama she wondered how she could ever subject rama whom she loved so dearly 
to all the privations and travails she now witnessed rama was a very breath kk felt sure that by herself she would never be capable of inflicting harm on him she guessed that the influence of some evil power had possessed her to bring about this sad series of events but she said to herself the world would never pardon her however strongly she asserted that it was none of her doing torn by her doubts and misgivings kk was powerless to move towards rama to speak to him nor could she walk away for she was anxious to have the burden lifted from her heart she stood there weak and frail fearful and faltering rama noted her agitation using an opportune moment he moved towards her in order to fall at her feet and pay her his homage kekai was waiting for just this chance she clasped rama's feet saying child you are much younger than me you are my son but yet you are the master of the whole world because of your virtue and wisdom i don't commit a wrong when i hold your feet in my hands come rule over ayodhya pardon my sin only that can redeem me from the disgrace that i have brought on myself if that cannot be keep bharata in thy presence at thy feet bestow on me that boon that will give me peace of mind as long as i live i have no wish to live after the consummation of this wish of mine I am shocked that I craved for the fulfillment of those two desires which not even the most vicious ogress would have entertained. Did I ask for them while I was the daughter of the ruler of the Kekai kingdom or did I speak those words when I was possessed by some evil genius or was I under the poisonous influence of some evil star? I don't know. I can't tell. She wept aloud in anguish holding Rama's feet fast in her clasp. Rama shed tears at her plight. He assaulted her with soft and sweet words. Mother, you have done no wrong, not even the least bit. The human crowd is a pack of crows. They call loud and hoarse without any rule or reason. People don't try to know the truth. In their ignorance, they blabber as the whim dictates. You didn't ask those boons of your own free will with full knowledge of the implications. All this happened because I willed it to happen. You have rendered much help for the fulfillment of the purpose for which I have incarnated and the task I have set before myself. You committed no disservice. Mother, I repent very much for having made you plead with me so long instead of expressing at the very outset my gratitude for the help you did for my plan of action. Don't grieve over what has happened for that will cast a shadow on my task it will make my days inauspicious bless me mother shower your grace on me rama prayed and fell at her feet with this kk recovered her mental peace a little the other queens kausalya and sumitra heard the conversation and when they realized that kk was only the innocent instrument of the divine will they to consoled and comforted her nevertheless kaikeyi stuck to her wish that rama accept the throne and be installed as the emperor of ayodhya with sita as the empress and that lakshmana bharata and chatrughna serve them and be their loyal companions in court she said that she would spend her life until death put an end to it 
witnessing their glory and sharing in their ecstasy. She repeated these words often and pressed for the grant of her wish. Four days and nights were thus spent in the forest, praying, pleading, consoling, explaining, assuaging, weeping and imparting solace. One wish ruled all their hearts to persuade Rama to return to the capital. At last, Rama directed Vasistha, the royal preceptor, and Bharata to return to Ayodhya along with the queens and the citizens. News of this order spread despair among them. They said that, for them, the place where Rama was was as delight as a million heavens put together, so they refused to move. They said that only those whom the gods discarded would turn their backs on the forest where Rama was. They said, Oh, what great fortune awaits us here! A bath in the holy Mandakini river, delicious fruits for appeasing hunger, the sight of Sita and Rama, so charming to the eye, so exhilarating to the heart. What else is heaven? What else is happiness? They talked in this strain among themselves and resolved to persuade Rama by every means to return with them if they had to go at all. Each of them expressed their innermost wishes in words soaked in sweet love. Finally, one wise old Brahmin said, Well, if we possessed the good fortune and merit to deserve the auspicious and happy company of Rama in this forest, he would certainly agree to keep us here. If that's not our destiny, our evil fate itself will harden the heart of Rama and he will drive us back to Ayodhya. If Rama doesn't bestow grace, who else can? What does it matter where we spend our days if we can't spend them in Rama's presence? Away from Rama, we are only living corpses. When he finished, all of them responded with the exclamation, True! True! These words are absolutely true! End of chapter 17, part 3, Sairam.